Honey, y'all all right? Honey, hello there. Very good. <laughs> I'm Dustin Harder, and this is Keep On Cooking. Hello there, and welcome to Keep On Cooking, the world's only podcast dedicated to plant-based cookbooks and learning more about the authors who wrote those cookbooks. I'm your host, Dustin Harder, and he's my Valentine, y'all. Say hello to my husband and producer of the podcast, Mr. Rossetti. My funny Valentine. An old classic. Thanks, babe. Yeah. Um, Hi. Hi. Um... I'm so excited, so we just need to get to it. We're so excited. It is, it is, speaking of Valentine, our Valentine is the one and only Tabitha Brown. Yes. Um, (sighs) uh, Right, there should be some kind of angelic sound after you say Tabitha Brown. Um, Sound, maybe. Right. Tabitha Brown is on the podcast. She's here to talk about her book, Feeding the Soul, because it's my business, her tagline, um, and her, you know, way of life. Uh, Part of the title of the book, she put it right in there. Uh, And subtitled, Finding uh, Our Way to Joy, Love, and Freedom. So she's our Valentine's this week. She is, and I I love as I say she put that in the title book you know why she did because that's her business because that is literally her business yes she is here and I can't wait to share this interview with everyone before we do I wanted to mention real quick to everyone that we still have seven spots left on our trip to Ireland in April (sighs) so April 22nd through May 2nd if you haven't heard about it yet David and I are hosting a trip to Ireland 10 days touring Ireland with Ireland with the vegan travel club we're so stoked to be hosting a group trip we're ready to get out there yes and and when you sign up you get a hotel you get a good portion of the meals that are provided from places that the the travel yeah. club knows mm-hmm. and, so all these know, different stops along the tour where uh, our host treated, gretchen knows all these pe- it's just it's a great tour it's yeah. set up very well and we're treated like kings because like we're we're a special group and uh we're making stops in belfast giants causeway new grange Galway, Cork, oh, no, Dublin, no, no, don't, don't do that. and Kilkenny. No, I can't. I can't do Kilkenny. I did do some dialer, do dialect work. Do you have working. any Irish in you? I do. Do you? Just a little. I thought you were like all Italian. Just a little. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's some. It's some small percentage. I think I have some there. too. But uh, it's lots of fun events, sightseeing all, at all the locations. Obviously, we're focused on food, but you yeah. do get some free time for yourself. Well, to the kind cool of make thing, thing is there's lots of stuff happening mm-hmm. as, you, as we've been going over this trip. They, lots of stuff that the Vegan Travel Club has scheduled, but then lots of time to sort of like go your own road and like sort of, sort of do your own thing. I want to go skydiving. Okay. So if you're into that, sign up for this trip and we'll find a place. Maybe that's not a thing. I don't know. But I, it's on my bucket list and I want to do it. Anyways, we're even stopping at... A donkey sanctuary in Cork. Y'all. We're so excited. I can't wait. Donkey sanctuary. Oh, I love it. And I think we're having tea in Cork as well. So Ooh. sign up now. Have some tea with us in Ireland. Spill the tea in Ireland. And, you know, spots are almost gone. So you got to get in there now. You can get all of the info on my website at veganrody.com. And that's veganrody, R O A D I E.com. Um, but speaking of tea so, uh-huh. and spilling the tea um, on this fabulous book by the queen of TikTok and just living life and beyond, Tabitha Brown. Yes. Now, 
there aren't any pictures in here, so we're going to skip past our usual book flip, flip that we do because this isn't all food recipes. We're talking about the number one New York Times bestseller, Feeding the Soul Because It's My Business, Finding Our Way to Joy, Love, and Freedom by the one and only Tabitha Brown. It's got recipes for fruit, food, and we get to it. Don't get me wrong. We, we get to that. Don't you fret? And they are delicious. We talk about them in the interview, but of course... Above all else, I would say this book is full of recipes for bit living your best life. Yeah, that's right. Tabitha Brown uh, satisfies us the hunger of millions with her unique approach to veganism and her wholesome, comedic personality on the daily. She is a home base for learning new recipes, acquiring imparted wisdom, or just kind of enjoying a, a good laugh. Yes, the North Carolina-born actress, vegan lifestyle personality, mother and wife, has also taken various business ventures by storm— Seriously, though, alongside making her own healthy hair care line called Donna's Recipe, being named Equity Partner of Oro, developing a calm sleep story, partnering with McCormick on her signature sunshine seasoning and working on her second book, she has continuously grown her craft as an actress as well. I mean, it's just amazing. It's awesome. Um, she has landed a notable theatrical uh, features on major network shows such as Will and Grace, uh, The Chai, The Chai? I think so. I think it's called The, the Chai. Chai. Uh, the Connors, um, in addition to co-creating and starring in her own children's show uh, with YouTube originals, Tab Time, which you talk about in the I episode. I do. Tab Time's such so a sweet cute. show. Yeah, hang on to the end of the interview and we get into her fantastic show, Tab Time. Having earned the coin title of America's Mom with her 12 million plus followers across platforms, Tabitha teaches all of us about having faith, perseverance, paving our own unique path to achieving dreams, and being our authentic selves. As Tab would say, come on in the room. Here she is, the one and only Tabitha Brown. She's here and she wants you to know you are seen, you are loved, and you are heard, honey. From a simple carrot bacon recipe to number one New York Times bestseller, surely you have caught her on the TikTok and the Instagrams. It's the world's favorite mom, Tabitha Brown, is here, everybody. Oh, what an entrance, honey. Come yes. on, with the intro. <laughs> uh-huh. Now, Tabitha, well I, have to, well, I have to say to you, hello there and welcome to Keep On Cooking. You all right? <laughs> honey, y'all all right? Honey, hello there. Hello there. Very good. Very good. <laughs> Listen, you had a big day yesterday. You had a red ribbon cutting kind of day. It was amazing. I can't, I'm still in like disbelief. I can't even uh, believe it. It looks so great. How was it? It's, we're talking about the grand opening of your first restaurant, Kale My Name in LA. Congratulations. So exciting. Tell us about it. How was it? Oh my goodness. You know what? It was, it was almost like a uh, a dream, right? I can't even say a dream come true because it just felt like a dream. <laughs> Completely a dream. Did it just zoom by so quick? The it night did. was like, yeah. It did. You know how when uh, Charlie Brown's teacher would talk, it'd be like, wah, 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 wah. wah. You don't know what was being said. That's kind of, I felt like I was in like the matrix. It was just so overwhelming. I'm so grateful to be able to open a restaurant, my first restaurant. Something so exciting. Oh, I would do. But it's it was wonderful. so everybody who showed up was just so, you know, full of like love and the energy was great and they had an appetite. So everybody ate good. And they I was going to say <laughs> they were ready for it. They were coming out to eat, yeah. get that food. So good. It was, good. It was a good time. I, I really enjoyed it. 
I can't wait to come grab a bite. I'm so excited. And congratulations again. What's your, what's a, what's a favorite item you have on the menu at Kale My Name? Something that you love. I know you love all of it, but like what comes to mind first? Fried avocado tacos. Oh, and that's a good one. (laughs) Fantastic. That's great. Avocado here for it. All right. Well, I'm so glad you're here tonight and I don't want to waste any of this precious time I get with you. So we're going to get right down to your icebreaker question. In the book, you talk about community theater, how you've done some in the past, of course, right? I imagine in your childhood. What is a favorite memory you have from community theater? It could be a person, a show, a role played or a location, anything along those lines. We'll be back after a quick break. Hey, Bar and Girl fans, it's Jim with Madhouse Bar Talk, where me and my co-hosts sit around and talk about the things going on around Madhouse Bar and Grill in Elyria, Ohio. The whole conversation is unscripted, uncensored, and unedited. Anywhere where you stream podcasts, just remember, Madhouse Bar Talks, baby! Um, it was To Kill a Mockingbird. I played Calpurnia, right? Right. <laughs> right? And it was so special to me. That memory always, you know, sticks out because Miss Clark, who I talk about as well, but she was my 11th grade English teacher who kept trying to get me to, you know, get more involved in, mm-hmm. when I was afraid to take, like, you know, drama class. And Because you uh, had that scary teacher. Honey, you had a scary <laughs> teacher that won't even scare me. Okay, exactly, exactly. Okay, they're wasting my time listening to folk that didn't know what they was talking about, okay? But it taught me a good lesson that I wrote in a book, okay? That's right, that's right. So it paid off, not just for you, but everybody who reads the book now. Absolutely, but that was my, that is the memory I have because it was the first time that I went to an audition that she told me to go to in, you know, the community theater and I booked it. It it was just, you know, the thing that kind of opened me up to, living outside of that fear mm-hmm. and uh, it was such an amazing experience and I, I just remember that it was my first time uh you know jumping past like just doing school plays and sure Sure. Yep. Well, and it sort of gets you out into the world in a different way, right? I brought up community theater because I think it's so special. And I I haven't talked about it much on the podcast, but it's a huge part of my history as a kid. And I, I remember when I was in the sixth grade, just feeling all sad and depressed and starting to feel that feeling in sixth grade, the dark feelings, like you don't know where you belong. And in the eighth grade, I found community theater And I just, I fit in finally, I fit in somewhere. And then I continued to do it for six or seven years after that. And it's just such an amazing, uh, it was just an amazing experience getting to know people, getting outside of your normal everyday, you know, whatever it is, going to school or whatever and going to something different. So I love that. And I I love that you included in the book to talk about your experience in it. A, a, A pinpoint of one of mine is I got to play cousin Kevin in the musical Tommy and I was here for it. It was great. I got to play the villain. That's when I realized you could play an evil person and you're allowed to suddenly you get to Listen, do something different right. we can do anything outside of our norm that's the the most you know one of my favorite things about being an actress right and I can play somebody crazy if I want to and uh, nobody gonna say nothing they're gonna just be like oh she really played that thing but up here you know we all a little bit we all a little bit crazy when we, uh, we got a little yes yes <laughs> yes just a little bit pieces yeah. floating around a little of course <laughs> That's our business. (laughs) That's our business. That's exactly right. And listen, I always ask our guest and Mm -hmm. the book, the number one New York Times bestselling book, Feeding the Soul, gets into this a bit. But can you give listeners a glimpse of where you grew up and how Mm -hmm. cooking was part of your life and then how that shifted into veganism? 
Absolutely. Well, I, I grew up in Eden, North Carolina. Um, the outside of Eden was Stoneville, where you know I lived in the town where my neighborhood was. But Eden is where I went to school and did all the things, and where my grandparents lived and things like that. Uh, and you know, it's a little country town that I love. Very small, and you know, a small community. Everybody know everybody. You know, if you already knew where it was, me and you would already have been friends. You know, we would have known <laughs> each other. And grew up. You know, it's small like that. And so it was good. I had a really good upbringing. Uh, now, food, honey, we ate everything under the sun, okay? Things that probably people shouldn't be eating. Uh, mm-hmm, and that's, mm-hmm. our, that's our business in the country, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, but, <laughs> but I did. I, you know, I'm Southern, and we ate all the good, you know, fried pork chops and, you know, chicken and steak and gizzards and, honey, someday squirrel and possum and all the, all the things. Whatever's but, hopping around, honey. Listen, whatever they they was bringing, and my granny would put uh-huh. in the pot. You know? And so, uh, but then of course, four years ago, I went on the journey of, of becoming vegan because I, I was sick for a while mm-hmm. and uh, trying to figure out what was wrong with me. Couldn't figure it out, and I watched a documentary, "What the Health" on Netflix, and it was like a light bulb moment for me. And I thought, well, I haven't tried, you know, to change how I eat per se. Although I wasn't you know, a bad eater. I grew up eating all the things, but I have not eaten red meat or pork since I was 15. Sure. Okay. And so, right. So I was only eating fish and turkey and chicken, but honey, I was eating it every day, you know? And so um, I decided to, you know, take a 30 day vegan challenge and it began to heal me. And so after that, I said, Ooh, honey, I know it was going to be 30 days, but I think it's going to be my life. And I ain't looked back since. And I've been feeling amazing. And, you know, it really changed how I see food. Um, and it changed, you know, my cooking habits, of course. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so uh, I always tell people I didn't go vegan because I ain't like how non-vegan food tasted. OK, sure. So I had to make sure I, I made my vegan food just as good. And later, that's right. Right. Uh, but then it opened my mind to a cruelty free world, mm-hmm. just, you know, uh, trying to show people how to see food differently and sharing without forcing uh, without judgment and uh, trying to make it a little humorous in the process. But yes. yeah, that's how that happened. Yeah, I love that. It's interesting, too, how you say, you know, it opens you up to different aspects of it. I love for vegans, you know, for me, I went vegan initially because for vanity, honey, I was like, I want to maintain my weight a little bit, maybe if I swap out and do a Morningstar burger or something. And it worked. But then I discovered vegan baked goods and I gained all the weight back, you know, because sugar, sugar, right? Yeah. Uh, But then as I was vegan longer, then it became about the environment and then about the animals. Now I'd say it's animals first. It all just it it becomes all encompassing. And I really love that for people who have been vegan for a while as they start to discover the different aspects. It's really, really great. Well, I know you cook from the spirit and I have tried a couple of your recipes from the book in the last couple of days. We're going to get into it. But I'm curious, when you first went vegan, I ask every guest this, did you have a, like a first vegan cookbook you had? Was there someone's book you got first? Have, have, do you have any vegan cookbooks? You no, know, I never have. Well, I mean, I have your cookbook. <laughs> I didn't have anything other than my spirit, right? I love that. The way that I thought was, I knew how to cook, right? I've been cooking for a long time. So all I needed to do was Google, what do people use in place of chicken? Yep. Oh, they be using mushrooms? Okay, well, I'm going to batter the same way I've always battered. And before I was vegan, I was already dairy-free because I'm allergic. Okay. So I was like, okay, I know how to get my vegan butter and vegan cheese. I already know how to make vegan mac and cheese. So I'm just going to keep on perfecting that. Yep. I started adding like butternut squash in it and things like that because I can't. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I just really 
trusting myself. I was like, I'm gonna just have fun with it. And I'm gonna try to recreate all of my old recipes and make them vegan. That's how That's I was great. I think That's the great. only time I ever really used a recipe and I never really used it was when I wanted to uh, try the carrot dog. I was like, well, what is all these people talking about this carrot hot dog? So I looked <laughs> online and I did that live with people watching, sure. you know, but I had to yep. tweak it and make it my own. Of course. And it was good. Okay. It was good. And it's then, still like, not a hot dog, but it was good. It's a carrot dog. Okay? It's a carrot dog. That's exactly right. You yes. call the baby by the name. Okay. It's a uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. I love that. I think it's great that you, you, Google stuff because people will always be, they'll be like, I just, I don't know how to do this. I'm like, it's Google, Google university. It's, it's out there. Friend. It's your yeah. friend. Okay. It's your Google friend. <laughs> Google university, YouTube university. It is somebody thought of it. They put it out there. You can look it up. If you're looking to make something taste like tuna or make something taste like a hot dog, a carrot, right. dog, smoky flavors, all those things, you can figure it out. It's all out yeah, there. Absolutely. Give our, give our listeners a sort of, overview, a summary of your book, Feeding the Soul, what can a reader expect from this brand new book from you? Well, you know what? It's about, you know, personal life experiences for me. You know, I call it Feeding the Soul because my my goal is to make people feel like they're not alone, right? So I share things that I've went through but overcame, right? Or things that I still... um, heal from because you know I, I don't believe that healing is permanent I believe it's a continuous journey because we can be triggered right right and so I share things about my personal life and then I also give you about 10 recipes throughout mm-hmm. you have a little something. so while you getting your soul fed you'd be like let me take a little break and make me a little something to eat yes and come on back to it you know so um but it's it's in my voice, of course, I even mm-hmm. read my own audio. You know, my, my audio book is in my voice as well. David listened to the audio book. I read it. Yes. I, I was when they asked me, they were like, Are you? I was like, Well, who else gonna, who else gonna read it? <laughs> How somebody else gonna do that? Okay. But uh I just tell, you know, some fun life experiences. Some of them are heartbreaking. Some mm-hmm. of them, uh, you know, I talk about grieving, which is you know very personal for me. Um, I talk about my gifts that I don't always share or didn't used to share. Uh, I talk about, you know, just so many different things, even from, you know, childhood and high school to Mm -hmm. adulthood and feeling stuck, you know, and how I got out of that. And the most important thing is if you look at all of it and you read all of it, the biggest message is that I was always enough. Right. And that we are enough just as we are, that nothing is wrong with us, however we're born. Mm -hmm. And um, our life was created just as we are. We were created to be us and to be true to ourselves. So that's really what it's about. Yes, 100%. And that is a fantastic summary. And it is about all those things. And you get into it. I love it. And you talk about having visions, your gift, you you can see things at times, certain happenings in life that have happened, and and just sort of outcomes that you see, it's clear for you. Um, and you, you saw your success, and you believed in your success, which is an important takeaway, I think, for people, uh, yeah. your belief in what you felt and saw shine some light on that for our listeners, if, if you don't mind on the power of believing. Well, you know, we have, we all have uh, visions, right? We all can see or dream. Um, and we all have that, that gut feeling. I call that the gift under your tummy. That's why I stand, that's what gut stand for, for me. Uh, so <laughs> it's just a matter of when you feel it and when you see it or you dream it, that you believe that it was put there for a reason, mm-hmm. Right. 
And for me, I always feel like if I think about it or if I dream about it more than once, I'm supposed to do something with it, right? It's not just there for no reason. You know, it's not a coincidence that I just thought a thought. It's been placed there. And then it's my job to figure out how to bring it, you know, forth and how to, you know, how it'll come to pass. Right. And I just wholeheartedly believe, you know, sometimes I'll write things down so that I can bring myself back to it and be like, okay, girl, remember you thought that, remember you mm-hmm. dreamt that or you saw that. Uh, and most times I, I speak it out loud, right? You know, as I do my self-talk in the mirror and that's mm-hmm. how I just reinforce my belief, you know? Um, like, girl, you're going to be debt free. You know, that used to be something I would walk around my house and say, you're going to be debt free, honey. You know, you, you're going to be able to pay off all your bills. Mm-hmm. Excellent credit, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And yes. Sometimes Tad was struggling, Jesus. But we praise God that uh, I said it out loud. It has come mm-hmm. to you know? Yes, yes. So it's just really not just having faith, but believing mm-hmm. in the dream. You know, because we can have all the faith in the world. But honey, if you don't believe what you have in faith for, right? Mm-hmm. Like you can wish and hope, but if you don't believe it, you're wasting time. Yeah. I I, I think that's the... Part of believing too is when you're sort of dark and you're down, being able to say it out loud yeah. is very helpful, especially if you're getting down about that one thing. Let's say uh-huh. it's debt and you'll be like, you pay off that debt. That's fine. Say it out loud. It's, yeah. it's great advice. And especially, you know, the one thing that is very important, because this was me, when you work a job that makes you feel stuck, mm-hmm. you got to have a, a, a dream inside of you. Yes. You keep holding on to. Yes. So that that stuck feeling doesn't fit you know, force you into depression mm-hmm. or force you into anxiety or force you into believing that it ain't ever going to change. Right. Mm-hmm. And so every day I remember, and I write about this in the book when I was, you know, as a, a CNA, when I was doing nursing, I would go in the bathroom and look at myself in the mirror and be like, girl, mm-hmm. I know it's temporary. You're going to be all right, but you're here for a reason. And now I know why I was there. Right. Cause I got some of the most amazing stories that I can draw from as an actress. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, we just have to believe in something to get us through. We have Well, to. that's one of the great things you talk about too is being in the temporary, the temp- your temporary season and the lessons you can learn from it, right? Oh, yeah, I, I love that. That's great that there's something to take from every part of it. If you're feeling stuck, even if you're feeling stuck, not sh- sure which way is up or down or what's going on, yeah. if you pause and kind of take a look, and you might not know it though, right? Sometimes it's in retrospect, you look back and you go... Right. Oh wait, Absolutely. I was I was I was doing this at that time, so it, it added up to, for me to get to these points. It's it's uh, a yeah. uh, definitely a, a good perspective on that. And when this book arrived, I got to tell you, I got butterflies in my stomach. I was so excited that I took it out. The package it was all yellow and beautiful with your face on it. I was so happy, and it's full of insights, affirmations, your signature TSAs. That's Tabitha service announcements. Everybody was the mission for this book. I mean, for me, it's overall sort of you know we are enough, love, acceptance. Was this clear cut from the beginning for you, or or did it sort of shift and change as you wrote? I feel like this is your overarching uh, message in the. Uh, book and that was that set from that from the get-go for you oh absolutely yeah I was intentional right mm-hmm. I was intentional about what I was doing and um I wanted to you know what I really wanted I wanted it to feel like me but just in a book form I wanted yes. when you open the box and you gotta start reading you felt like I was sitting on the room with you know in the room beside you whether I was on the bed beside you on the chair beside you sitting in the car beside you that's what I wanted it to feel like 
Well, I think it's funny you say that because I think that's why I got the butterflies in my stomach. I was like, oh, I got a little piece of Tabitha with me. Like, I just got so excited. So mission accomplished, darling. Mission accomplished. (laughs) Well, at times it's a a self-help book. Some might say I like to say sort of self-love or self-growth with mixed part memoir. I love getting to know you through the pages and and sort of seeing the path that brought to where you are now. Obviously, a lot happened before the whole world was blessed on a grander scale with all that is the human spirit of Tabitha Bonita Brown, the 23 years in the making overnight success that is. Can you speak to that for the dreamers right now who think overnight success is a thing? Honey, listen, it is a thing, but sometimes it may take 23 years. Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh. Long, 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 long night. (laughs) Right. Yes, a long night. And that's just your night. Everybody's night is different, right? Everybody's night is different. So I always tell people, don't think you're on the same calendar. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. Everybody is different. Uh, But if you keep going and you work while you wait... And live your life, honey, while you wait. The worst thing you can do is stand still and wait for something to happen. Mm-hmm. Live your life, honey. Go about your business. I was, you know, having babies, honey. I was, you know, I got married. I was working different jobs. I was traveling. I was doing, you know, going through sickness. I was going through uh, death. I was going through so many things uh, while I waited and still pursued. And all of those things I get to use. All of those things are what made me who I am. Right. I didn't ignore life because I was so focused on a dream. I yes. embraced life while I waited, but it took a very long time and a lot of small victories. And I counted every one. They all count. No matter mm-hmm. how big or small, it's still your victory. Right. That's right. It's still you moving forward towards your dream. Mm-hmm. And I did that. Uh, and those are the things that make me so grateful. So thankful. That waiting period. I mean, that's why I work so hard now. Is because mm-hmm. I, I worked hard for this. Child you waited a long time. You worked hard to get to the work part, right? right. Like, yeah. <laughs> and you know, I honestly believe, you know, God honors the work. Mm-hmm. He worked all these years. And I feel like he said, okay, tap, honey, tap me in there, girl. Sit down for a little bit. Let me take over. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show you did good so far. And I honor it. <laughs> now let me blow your mind. <laughs> okay. That's how I feel. And so um, I just believe in that. I believe in hard work. I believe in when they say hard work pays off. It does. Yeah. Yeah. So, but yeah. Well, and I love it too because you talk about not rushing this process on the way and sort right. of accepting, like right where you are. I tell you, Tabitha, there's there's a lot of things I do in life where I'm like, oh my gosh, this is taking forever, and I want to be to the and. It's reminders like this when you get to read a book by someone like you and you say something so simple that like accept the moment that you're in. Like once you accept the moment you're in, it's going to be a little easier than it was when you're sitting there complaining or just, you know, being pouty about it. Right. Right. And, you know, I reference a baby. Right. Our dreams are our babies. It's the thing that is is, uh, developing inside of us. And I talk about, you know, if you try to have a baby at three months, it's going to be a miscarriage. The baby is not going to survive. Right. Six months, it could survive, but it's going to have a really tough, you know, battle for a while. Mm-hmm. So it's the same with our dreams. You try to do it. Okay. Oh, three months. I'm ready. I'm going to just do it. It may not survive. It's not going to survive. Six months. You might be able to make, you, you might be able to, to, to get it out there, but you're going to struggle a bit. Mm-hmm. Give yourself at least nine months or so. Let mm-hmm. it develop, get it right. But then don't think that's it. Because right. once you convert to that dream, you still got to nurture it. Right. You still got to take care of it. 
Mm-hmm. Right? You gotta have your dream. You gotta, you know, you gotta make sure you, now it's time for it to grow. Yeah. So don't think that, oh, I, I have this vision. It's gotta happen right now. Mm-hmm. It doesn't. Mm-hmm. It's okay. It's all right. Yeah. Yeah. It's all right. And all the little parts of it are are all adding up to the bigger overall picture. So it's all part of it. I yeah, love that. That's right. I uh, you know, I sat down to write the outline for this interview and I got immediately overwhelmed because this podcast typically is it's a cookbook podcast. So, you know, I go over the intro, I chat with the author, and then we hit the recipe chapters one by one. I say, Okay, what's your favorite recipe here? What's your favorite recipe here? And I sat down and I said, I said to David, I said, David, I d I don't really know what to write here. I'm, I'm a little overwhelmed. And he said, write from the spirit like tab. And I oh, said, all right. Come on, David. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, you're reading the book. Come on, you know now. So here we go. Let's talk about authenticity. I found it fascinating when you talked about trying to change yourself for Hollywood. And I could relate when I was an actor mm-hmm. in musical theater. This is an important message, like trying to change ourselves, right? When I was an actor in musical theater, I, I was always trying to come off as straight or pass as straight. Yeah. And uh, just uh, just saying that now, it, it's, it's so upsetting, right? But it, it's true. I was trying to come off as straight acting. And one of the things you were always trying to change was how you spoke to hide your accent. Now, Tabitha, I can't imagine a world <laughs> without the authentic voice of Tabitha Brown in it. At what point in your life did you start to realize authenticity was the way? After my sickness, right? Mm-hmm. Or really kind of during my sickness, I was exhausted. I was tired and trying to be somebody else. I, I sometimes think that's why I was so sick because I was suffocating the true me. I couldn't breathe anymore, right? And so um, it's my journey of, of being vegan is when I really started taking off the layers of the old me and started saying, you know what? I don't care anymore. I got to take it off every day. I still be taking off layers now because I still get triggered by something. Sure. Right? I can walk from corporate America to entertainment. I worked over 20 plus years in both and had to really try to shrink myself or conform or, you know, cover my accent, wear, wear my hair one way, dress one way, be one way to try to fit in or make everyone comfortable. Right. So there are sometimes I may walk in a room and I have to gather myself for a moment. Like, girl, you free girl. You ain't got to worry about it. You know, because it, mm. there are certain things that still trigger me, you yeah. know, but when I decided to choose me and, and, and make a choice to say, you know what, Tab, you are enough or you are enough just as you are. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was during during that first like 30 days of like taking the layers off and then the next month and then the next year. And every day uh, I wake up and I choose me first. Yes. And I show up as Tab. And it's the best thing, honey. Freedom is the best gift we can give ourselves. It's the best gift we can give ourselves. We deserve that. Nothing yes. is wrong with us, right? The world will have us convinced that something is wrong and we got to do something else to be mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But we right, just as we right. are, we are right, you know? So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's that's exactly right. I think it's interesting too that you say, you know, you still get triggered. I think it's good for people out there to know, you know, they could be looking at you go, oh, she's doing great. This, that happened, everything fine. No matter where we are, this is a lifelong, you know, it's a lifelong journey. And and no matter, I, I think no matter how much we learn or how much we, we work on ourselves and how much we know, how much we know at our core, we're enough, sometimes things still can get to us. Yeah, because we human. Exactly. We are human beings out in this world, child, that the world teaches us fear. Mm-hmm. And we somewhere in here, honey, we start to believe it. Right. 
Because right. sometimes the fear comes from people who are so close to us and we trust them with everything mm-hmm. that we believe them when they tell us something is wrong. We believe them when they instill fear, whether it's parents or siblings or best friends or our lovers or whatever the case. And a lot of times they're they're putting their fears on us. And so we start to believe it as well. And it was taught to them and then and so on and so on, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We have to get to a place to where we know ourselves so well. We're so in touch with ourselves that nothing can shake you, that you have to be like, oh, wait a minute. <laughs> no, even when you have your moment, because that's me. I have a moment. I have to sit back and be like, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Right? And that's mm-hmm. okay. It's okay to acknowledge that, wait, I think I'm having a moment. Right. We, we gather these thoughts that belong to me. Right. Right. Let me get everybody else out of there. Okay, girl, you all right. Don't you yeah. mind to you know what I'm yeah. saying? So. And about sort of like, I've worked on a lot not being reactionary outward, right? Like if someone says something like, well, don't have a reaction to it, just pause for a minute and think. But that's a good lesson. What you said, we've got to do that with ourselves as well. When we when we hear something that triggers us or whatever, we can pause, take a minute, collect ourselves, That's right. take a deep breath, you are enough, and then start to move on, you know? So yeah. everybody just take a breath out there, all right? Oh, breathe in. Okay. Well, Patricia Blackstock Johnson, it's very clear in this book, you had a tight bond with your mother. This book feels at times like a tribute to your mother and the influence she had on you. So we all have Patricia Blackstock Johnson to thank for the glory that is Miss Tabitha Brown. When you think of some of core values you learned from your mother, what comes to mind first? Oh, compassion. Yes. She was such a compassionate woman. I never really heard my mama raise her voice. Even no kidding. Even when like like fussing at me, her voice uh-huh. was so soft. <laughs> oh, I love it. She just didn't really yell. She it, it, it was just she was just such a compassionate person. She was a social worker, you know, she was also a minister later in life, but she loved people. And it's the thing about me that I always hold dear. I'm like, oh wow, I I really got that from my mom because not only do I love people, I believe in them. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's what she taught me. Everyone has something good about them. And uh, I believe that. And she taught me that. Yeah. I love that. That's great. Well, it shines through. It shines through. You're carrying the compassionate legacy onward. That is for sure. Can we talk about your mom's shouting shoes she left you when she passed? <laughs> Have you worn the shouting shoes recently? Listen, no, you know, they got broken a while back. So what? <laughs> We got to get them into the shoe repair shop. I know. And I told my husband when we moved the second time, I was like, they're in a box somewhere that I must either be in storage or some, and I have not even been able to find them. And I was like, I know my mom up there, like Lord Jesus. uh, Yeah. They were some like leopard print. Yeah. Tell everyone what your mom's shouting shoes are. Mama, mama's shouting shoes. Well, she used to love high heels. And so there was a pair of high heels that I love. It was one of her first like designer pair. It was Stuart Weitzman. And so I kept those after she passed away. Those are the ones that, you know, I, I begged her. I was like, those are the ones I want, you know? Yes. And so honey, every time I wore them things and went to church, honey, I would be shouting. I was like, Lord Jesus, mom, wait a minute. I couldn't sit down. I was like, wait a minute. I can't wear these no more. Can you imagine trying to wear them to the grocery store or something? I was scared to put them on. But honey, every, every time. It did not fail. If I wore those, I'd be like, uh-oh, here go to shouting shoes. Oh, that's great. And her spirit in. Were there times you looked at him and you're like, I can't put those on today. I can't take it. I need I need a little break. 
Listen, I just want to sit down and, and hear the word, Lord. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to listen today, okay? Yeah. Oh, I yeah. love that. Well, I appreciate your transparency so much in this book, especially in the area of your relationship with God, spirituality, and religion. For very personal reasons, this element of your book really resonated with me. You speak very honestly about religion and the division it can cause. And I've seen that division. I've seen it happen. And and people get so caught up in what's right and what's wrong according to the beliefs that they have. And it's, it's baffled me so much at how what just the, the dysfunction it causes and people's convictions are so strong. And I have firsthand experience with this. David's dad does not admit that I exist. I do not exist to him. And David sort of grew up with his father, not really just sort of extinguishing David's existence in a way. Right. And I have this beautiful man and I'm good with me. David's good with him. We're good. Like, we don't need this man's approval, but the the hard part is, is I hurt for that man. I hurt for his heart because he's missing out on my husband, this beautiful man who is his son, you know, and you touch on this topic of division. And I was hoping you'd sort of offer your insights because you put it very beautifully in the book and the division from religion, nurturing sort of your faith and spirituality in spite of that division and steps we can sort of take in the world towards that to come together. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I hear those stories so much and Mm -hmm. my heart always breaks. I just can't imagine as a parent ever. That's what blows my mind. Yeah. You know, um, you know, my daughter has brought in so many kids home and I was the same way growing up who need their, their mom or, you know, or their dad because they don't feel free at home or don't feel loved at home because of those things. And I always say to them, as I'll say to you and everyone listening, you're not the problem, right? We're not the issue. When, when people don't accept you, they have their own thing inside that they're battling, mm-hmm. right? Um, you've done nothing wrong being born because that's all we've all been is just born, you know? And so I always say that all you can do is have your own love in your heart or, you know, uh, even when it doesn't feel received, exactly, Blackie. Blackie's, <laughs> Blackie's got the shout and shoes on. Amen, okay? <laughs> but even when it's not uh, reciprocated. And so, but we can also love from afar because mm-hmm. we don't want that energy to taint us, right? Or to make us feel like we're living in a, in a place that is not right just because someone doesn't accept you. But it's never about you. It's mm-hmm. never something that you've done. But that is also one of the reasons that I am not um, religious. I'm very spiritual. Now, everybody know I love the Lord, okay? Mm-hmm. I do believe, as my mother taught me, that religion causes separation. Mm-hmm. It just does, right? Um, listen, none of us know until we out of here what was really right or wrong. <laughs> listen, come on now. That's what I'm saying. That's exactly no, right. Nobody know, honey. We might we might get to the gate. He'd be like, "You were purple on a Tuesday, and that was not." <laughs> <laughs> He's gonna say you broke those shouting shoes. You know what? You broke the shouting <laughs> shoes, man, right? <laughs> but also, the thing that I, I I often tell people thousands of years from now, when we're all gone, how do we know that we're not today right rewriting the Bible? Mm-hmm. How do we know that the book of Tabitha 
is not going to exist right. or the book of Dustin or, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I want mine to be in love. I want it to be right. Yeah. So that people know that if they are going to focus on uh, the book or the religion, that mm-hmm. it was still rooted in love. Yeah. Right. That's what it's always about for me. And so when people are so convinced of something that they attach hate to it, they attach, um, uh, I guess, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, because it's almost like they dismiss their ability mm-hmm. to love. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't want to, I don't want to be involved in that. No. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I do. I feel like we were all born with a heart because the one thing we all are supposed to do is love. Mm-hmm. Period. That's what we're supposed mm-hmm. to do. We're here to love each other. Mm-hmm. Despite our differences, despite how we look, how we feel, we're here to love each other. That's yes. it. And we're all a family. And even sometimes the families that we're born into are taught something generation after generation, and they wholeheartedly believe it. Mm-hmm. It's, it's sometimes breaks families apart. But I'm so grateful that, you know, I had amazing parents who taught yes. me that we are all here to love. Yes. I, I remember my mom told me, she was like, you know, when when I was younger, she was a social worker, you know, I'd be bringing kids home and sure. I'd be like, oh, my mama can fix it. You know, she, you know, my mama can fix anybody. And so I remember <laughs> she said, you know, if you ever have a friend who tells you uh, that they're gay, Remind them first that gay means happy and they should never be anything less. Right? Yes. Right. And so I've always held that inside. And so it doesn't, it it just means that you're different than me, right? In 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 how you um love. And so she was like, but it doesn't make them different. Right. Just you 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 have a different taste. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Okay. But sometimes we have the same taste. Okay. That's right. That's right. exactly right. Yes. So yes I, just, I just believe that. <laughs> I just don't see. I don't know. I'm just, I can't wrap my mind around people yeah. who love each other. I yeah. just, I just can't. And I, I'll never understand it because we can't understand what we don't understand. That's right. Right. That's just, mm-hmm. that's just my, my take on that. Well, I think you said it best when we're all born with a heart and the heart's purpose is to love. So that, that's great. Period. Yeah, period. <laughs> well, let's talk about letting go. When, when things shed naturally, of course, we can't get fully into this without mentioning <clears throat> Donna. Come Girl, on, Donna. Donna have a whole hair wash day, honey, but she's still yes. trying to do for you today. oh you make a great analogy in this book listeners if you're not up on it donna is tab's hair donna is a whole vibe listeners and tab you say in the book when you brush donna she sheds naturally and sometimes we shed other things in our life naturally like people and it's not a bad thing the beauty is in letting go tell us about letting go yes uh (laughs) you know that analogy is so funny how that came to me um, and I've shared that too, you know, with trying to put the hair that's in the brush back on your uh-huh. head, just insanity, right? It, it sheds naturally, honey, let it go. Yes. But sometimes we will try to force people to stay that don't serve us anymore. Right. Um, and sometimes it, it's hard because it's family or our, our best friends or loved ones or whatever the case may be. But in order to grow, 
we have to sometimes let go. Mm-hmm. Right. It's just like, you know, when you want your hair to be as healthy as possible, you got to trim the ends. Right. And that's what promotes the growth. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you don't, it keeps breaking. And so it's the same with people. Everybody can't go on the journey that you're on. Right. Because sometimes what they do is they cause you to be distracted. Mm-hmm. And you got to be able to focus on you and where you're going. Right. God has us on different assignments and you got to be OK sometimes with letting go. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean that you're a bad person. It doesn't mean that um, you don't love that person anymore. It simply means that you love you enough not to allow them to distract you or hurt you, especially when they're not serving you anymore. Yes. So, um, but it, it, it's tough. I know it's tough for a lot of people to let go. But once you do, you get a new feeling after the pain is gone. Yes. Right. You start to breathe a little different. Mm-hmm. that space is now no longer a distraction, mm-hmm. right? And the great thing about it is sometimes God feels that with something new, right? Not a new person all the time, but something, a new thought, right. you know, a new thing that you do now that you have space and, and room in here for it. Because this this thing right here, child, is it's a terrible thing sometimes when you let the wrong people in it. Honey, they That's get true. to run around in this thing, ain't paid mm-hmm. you a lot of rent, but they mm-hmm. have okay? <laughs> Living rent. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, um, it's okay to let go. We have to do that for ourselves sometimes. I think it's also part of, um, you know, growth as a human and relationships with people. Not everyone's meant to be in our life for the whole lifetime, right? I think, yeah, it's a season and we go through each other's lives and people come at different times for certain reasons and we learn different things. Just like how, you know, we're talking about how you have different jobs at different times. We all pick up different things at different times. So uh, it's it's the art of letting go. I do feel personally for me as I've gotten older, you start to sense it a little bit now, right? And you're kind of like, okay, this one's going to be a little easier than the last one, you know? So it is, it is something that comes with time as we grow older. I do believe Uh, you talk about your village, creating our village, whether it be with blood family or family we create and how important that is. You mentioned you have a very supportive blood family all throughout the book, actually, but though you're miles apart. So I think a lot of people, especially big dreamers who have visions and beliefs of their success, who move away from their hometowns can relate to this. How have you created a village where you are geographically and what has that created family meant for you? You know, it's so crazy. It's something about Southern people. We are drawn to each other. I'm all the way out here in, in California, but I have so many people in my village that are all from the South. It's, and it, it, it won't like I put out a, a post, a, you know, a post and say, listen, if you're from the South, I want to be friends. We just naturally found each other. Like my, my village is like, Carlos is one of the first people we met and he's from Georgia. He's from Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And, uh, we have one friend named Trail who's from South Carolina. And then Carlos's wife is from Florida. And How funny. we have all these Southern people that we're just so connected to. Um, and I used to do these big Sunday dinners at my house when we were in an apartment. When we first mm-hmm. moved here. And I, you know, I was an actress, so I would be in acting class. And I knew a lot of actors. I was the only one who was married. Everybody else was single. And I felt so bad, like holidays and Sundays, they'd be by themselves. I said, you know what? I cook on Sundays. Y'all come to my apartment. Honey, we in this apartment and it'd be like 20, 30 people from my acting class and like my family. And we just developed a bond that we're all still friends. Now I've been here over, you know, 17, 18 years. Yeah. And now my Sunday dinners are in a restaurant. Okay. But that, <laughs> oh, that's gotta be nice now, right? Come on, everybody. Yeah. Yes. 
we we built this amazing village and I don't even call them my, my friends anymore. They are truly mm. my family. I you love know, it. My daughter calls them her, you know, Auntie Braley and Uncle yeah. Rose. She just, um, you know, and my son, you know, the same way. It's really been a blessing to be able mm-hmm. to have, have that circle where we think alike, we're like minds, you know, uh, we're all dreamers and doers. Yes. And that has um, been very beneficial when you have a village who also holds you accountable. Mm-hmm. And that's what we do for each other. And we lift each other up when we're down. Uh, we see about each other, you know. Yeah. So it's, it's amazing. I'm so grateful. You know, me and my husband, we both from the same hometown. So we got the same energy that attracts yeah. people. So whether he bringing them home or I'm bringing them home, <laughs> we all seem to be like you know, Southern people here in LA. And then when I meet people from LA, they're like, oh my God, I feel like I'm not in a LA when I'm at your house. <laughs> You're like, You're kind of not. We brought not the not. South here. Right. Yeah. I mean, we live out here in the valley. It's a little bit quieter out here anyway. But right. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's great. It is great to create a family and have be surrounded by positivity and the support and the um what what did you call it? The accountability as well. Yes, that's very important. But hey, let's get into the recipe talk. Let's talk about some food like so like that. Let's get into it. First off, you list a purple onion in here. In parentheses, you put red and I just wanted to thank you. I think that gosh darn onion is purple. It is. And I also feel that red cabbage is purple as well. Agreed. So I just wanted to thank you for that. I felt less alone and like I'm not colorblind after all. So we just start a petition. Okay. We well, I, it drives me bananas. <laughs> Come on. Because I, I, I did some research to find out why that is, you know. Why, what did you find out? Well, when they came, when, when these uh, veggies were, were named, the color purple had not been established yet. And red was the closest color. So that I said, well, honey, guess what? Purple has been established now. So it's, it's about time that you respected the onion uh, and the cabbage and gave them their proper name. So true. I say we start a petition. I don't know who we need to call in the produce world. Oh, uh, you know, a produce, uh, I don't know, interpreter. Uh, somebody can change the name. Yeah, we got to do. And when I saw that in the book, I was like, yes, she gets it. <laughs> She gets it. Well, yesterday I made two items from the book and they couldn't have been more easy and they were super tasty. Fried peaches and biscuits were the first one I made. It was a Sunday, so it was perfect. And I support the use, the use of canned vegan biscuits. But as you said, it was my ministry to make some from scratch. So I made the effortless butter pan biscuits from my book, Epic Vegan Quick and Easy. And I stuffed them with these fried peaches with butter, maple syrup, nutmeg, cinnamon, a little bit of lemon juice. Tab, it was like a cobbler met a pie for brunch. It was so good and so easy. So easy. Yes. I always got to cook easy. Oh, yes. And what I got to try in here is the lobster mushroom pasta. Tell our listeners about this lobster mushroom pasta. So, you know, I've been vegan now for four and a half years. And the one thing I miss, honey, is shelled fish. Okay. I ain't going to lie to you, honey. I'm not going to lie to you. That's my truth. You know how some people count sheep. When they tire, I count lobster and, and crab legs in my sleep. I be dipping them in the butter. In my <laughs> sleep. I do that, okay? And that's my business. Uh, and mm. one of those cravings that I have, and when I found out that there are mushrooms that taste and look like lobster, I almost lost my mind. And I went to a farmer's market for weeks trying to get there early enough to get them. And I finally got some, fell in love with them and was like, oh my God, I got to make like Alfredo. I need to make, you know, all the different things yeah. I can. And my daughter loves, you know, the same. She was the same. She's vegan too. But 
she used to love lobster. So she and I were like, oh my God, we have to perfect this mom. And she was like, cheer me on in the kitchen when I first did it. She was like, mom, you got it. I know you're going to do this for us, you know? And so uh, that's how that came to be. And I'll put it on a salad. I'll I'll do anything, but that, that, that pasta is life. I mean, that goes to show everyone there's something out there. If you have a craving, something you like, and anything you can do, we can do vegan. Get into it. We can do it. That's right. That's it's, right. Uh, it, it's, it's, it's so easily done these days. And, and you've got some heartier options like the vegan pulled pork and the vegan skirt steak. And you also make vegan fish sticks in here. Tell everyone about these vegan fish sticks. <laughs> well, listen, I be loving a good old hearts of palm, right? Uh-huh. I do, and that's my business. Um, I... It's again, seafood is one of the things I love and I and I miss. Okay. And so when I kind of figured that thing out, I was like, ooh, wait a minute. So I can just batter these up and you know, slice it down the middle. And then mm-hmm. so the, the batter really stay on there good because you know, if you do a whole one, it's kind of thick. And sure. I did both when I've I've done them online and I was like, let me slice it in half and get a better little, you know, crust yep. on there. And my husband loved it because you know, you know, when somebody ain't really vegan, but they vegan, mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> You know, right? I do. Yes. 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 So yes. everybody, people trust me, but they really trust him. Yes. Maybe like Chance don't, you know, he don't really like much. He very yes. big. So when he ate it, everybody was like, oh, now, tell you, now we know it's good. You know, <laughs> <laughs> a great substitute. You know, it's another mm-hmm. option that we can have. And I just always love playing with food and, and figuring things out like that. Yeah. I, it's just like how I fell in love with jackfruit. We got the jackfruit tacos. And mm-hmm. I felt. Mm-hmm. Fell in love with Jack over the years because, you know, at first me and Jack. We didn't get along either at first along. either. It took me a while. took and me a was, while. He was still dating Jill when we first. When uh, we, he, okay. He told me he was single, but he was still with Jill. And I was like, no, Jack, this ain't it. But We now, need some space. That ain't right. Now we'll come together. Okay. Now, okay. Now we, now we good. Yeah, yeah. I find that with my jackfruit, I like to, I need to give it a good like sear. I need to and get it, give it some exactly. texture on it. I like to mix it with mushrooms too. Yes. Give a little, so get a little chewier texture in there too. Yes. And we got to overcook it. I was like, you know, something uh-huh. yep. overcook it. Overcook the jackfruit. Yep. Exactly. Cook it a little bit extra. And, you know, I love to chop up some peppers and onions and season it with, you know, garlic. Mm-hmm. And but I like to get just some pieces of it need to be a little bit crispy or burnt, just a yep. little, you know, yep. just some, for the texture to change because it's yes. like juicy. And then it's like that, yeah, that face right there. Me too. Then it's like mushy and it's soft and it's no good. Yeah. I hear you. I hear you. Well, uh, the hearts of palm, everybody, I, I wasn't up on the hearts of palm until a couple of years ago. And I started using that when I started making crab cakes. So that's how I first yeah. got uh, introduced to it. But you use it in here, not just for the vegan fish sticks, but you do it for a vegan tuna melt that I had I, yesterday and I today. It. I oh, it. it was good. It was good. Uh, and and I, I had the leftovers today as well. But the texture with the hearts of palm and that's got some old bay seasoning, some vegan mayo, some nori in it. You did your Google University good there, got into that nori game. And nori for cocky. So when uh-huh. I first started cooking, I think I did, um, what did I do first? When I first went vegan and I was doing, you know, my 30 people were watching on Facebook. I think I was doing like the, the chickpea tuna salad. Yes. And somebody told me about, um, I can't remember who, it was one of my people watching, like, you got to get get some like seaweed flakes in there. And mm-hmm. so I started looking for, you know, some I could shake and I found nori for cocky. And I was like, yeah. oh, this got a little bit of extra something. It just became my thing. I need yeah. to make my own tab for cocky or something. Come on now. First a spice, now some nori. Let's okay. See. It's going to be great. <laughs> 
I can see yeah. that aisle at the supermarket now. It's going to be the happiest aisle there. I love right, it. Right, honey. Let's get it on in. It's so funny you talk about your husband being like the the approved stamp because David, for the longest time, he wasn't vegan for a long time when I was vegan, and he tried he's tried every single recipe in all my cookbooks, and if he couldn't say yes to. Poor man was trying Caesar dressing at five in the morning. Sometimes I'd be like, I've been up on it. Can you just try this real quick? <laughs> I know. Oh. And he'd be like, you know what time it is, right? And I'm like, I know, just pretend that like you've been up for a couple hours and you yeah. really want a Caesar salad right now. It's going to yeah. be fine. It's going to be like, fine. You can let that down after you try. Okay. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah. Well, you also give quickies on uh, pico de gallo, stuffed avocados. We talked about those carne asada jackfruit tacos. And part of the fun of the recipes is in the suggestions in some of them on how to best enjoy them. Mm-hmm. Like the smoothie bowl, for example, you say, and I'm going to quote here, you must take the smoothie bowl hold it tight in your hands and go eat it outside yes you read that right that's part of the recipe go on outside if you can or head over into the cutest place in your house honey laugh a little bit have a sass a little sassy attitude about yourself don't you feel good yes i love it you know we have to do that because i was doing this while we were in quarantine right and so I was telling people, act like you somewhere, even though you ain't. Okay. Yes. But we need that sometimes. We need to yes. somewhere and get cute. And it's a smoothie bowl. When you do that, you feel fancy. Yes, that's absolutely right. Yeah. You make it, I, you make it look like you did something. You, you, cause you put it together and then you put some stuff on top. It looks all beautiful and everything. Yes. Well, it was just so funny. I was reading that and I was giggling a little and then I started laughing. And then when I got to the end you said, have a, have a little sassy attitude about yourself. Yeah. I I was laughing very hard. Yeah, with people like you can imagine people in the in the room that ain't there. You'd be like, "Oh, how are you?" (laughs) (laughs) I'm having a smoothie bowl, honey. Like I work at the juice spot. Okay, (laughs) you're having a whole event. I own it. I own the juice store. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I own. I am the CEO of this juice spot. All right. That's right. Oh my goodness. Well, the end of that was Don't You Feel Good? And Tabitha, I Do Feel Good. That is Feeding the Soul, Finding Your Way to Joy, Love, and Freedom by Tabitha Brown, everybody. Tabitha, you ready for your baker's dozen round of rapid fire questions? Let's do it. All right, here we go. Number one, cupcakes or donuts? Donuts. Waffles or pancakes? Pancakes. Favorite shape of pasta? Uh, Angel hair. Oh. Us too. We like the angel here too. What is your cilantro? You know, people have a strong reaction to cilantro. What's your cilantro? I, mean, I love cilantro, honey. I pray for the people who got that soap thing. <laughs> Do you have a reaction to a certain ingredient like people have to cilantro? Something where you're like, ooh, no. I don't think I do. Not, not All right. that's vegan. <laughs> okay, there you go. Well, good for you. Lucky you yeah. then. Uh, hot sauce or barbecue sauce? Ooh, mix them together. Ooh, <laughs> a little hot, hot barbecue sauce. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Show you binge watched during the pandemic, during quarantine. Oh, honey. Because we're still in the pandemic. I'm not pretending. No, where did I binge watch? Oh, gosh. You're well, like, what do I pick? I know this is us and I still got to catch up on it, but I did. Oh, yeah. Right. I still got some that I need to finish, but, you know, yes. you want a good cry. Yeah. Oh, this is us. We'll do it. This is us. We'll do it. Yeah. yeah. You'll get to it. You'll get one day. You get yourself a little downtime. Okay. You deserve it. You deserve it. Yeah. Uh, food on a skewer or a tiny spoon? Skewer. A must in your morning routine? Uh, drinking water before I uh, do anything. 
Nice. Everybody listen to that. That's good advice. Yeah. An item you travel with from home that brings you comfort if you feel a little, get a little bit of the homesick blues. Is there something you travel with, a little something you always put in your suitcase or anything? Uh, I don't. That's interesting. I don't have something like that. I guess I, I, I have it all here and here. Yes. She got it in the head and the heart. She yeah. got it in the head and the heart. Uh, must have tool in the kitchen. Air fryer. Yeah. What's your favorite thing to air fry? Mushrooms. Very good. Favorite spice other than the obvious McCormick Tabitha Brown sunshine seasoning. Favorite spice to cook with? Garlic powder. Mm-hmm. <laughs> last, last book you read? Uh, honey, uh, Feed the Soul. <laughs> yes! <laughs> Describe your favorite pair of earrings or the first pair of yours that come to mind. Well, my favorite pair, I mean... I can't tell you that because I wear, you know, a different pair of earrings. Almost. You don't want to make any of them mad at each other. I so. love earrings. And that is so deeply rooted in me from being a little girl and wearing my mama's earrings. So as long as they're big and they, you know, they flashy, honey, right. I, you give me a little earring, you better be a big dot. Yes. You know what I mean? <laughs> Let me say it again. If you give me a little earring, you better be a big diamond or, avocado, or an avocado. All right. Okay. All right. Yeah. I hope everyone was listening to that. Some parameters to stick to. Uh, if you were going to make a taco right now, what would you put in it? Uh, sweet potatoes, red peppers, onions, mushrooms, top it with some avocado and some mango. And uh, yeah, red, look, purple onion, some cilantro, lime juice, and maybe a little uh. matcha. Oh, my mouth just dropped, everybody. I'm gonna, I know what I'm having for dinner now. Now, <laughs> bonus question, the last one. We already sort of asked you this, so I'll ask you, what is your second favorite menu item at your new restaurant, Kale My Name? I, I be liking a good old burger sometime. We oh, make nice. really good burger, Chicago-style burgers, really good. Because, you know, the tab love a pickle, so throw that pickle on there. Yes. Well, so what's on a Chicago-style burger? Well, we have a special sauce. Okay. That's on there, right? It's an in-house kale my name sauce. <clears throat> Instead of lettuce, of course, we use kale. And then it yes. has lettuce, tomato, onion, and dill pickles. Oh, delicious. <laughs> All right. <laughs> oh, well, I can't wait to come eat it, Kale My Name. That's fantastic. You did it. You did the rapid fire. Good for you. I did. Oh, be <laughs> <laughs> Well, before I let you go, please tell us a little more about Tab Time, your YouTube original. Oh. So Tab Time is a children's show that's all about teaching kids how to use their imagination and how to open their minds to learn about themselves and each other, right? Their friends. Um, but just things that as adults we may struggle with. My goal was to open children's minds, right? So it'll become easy for them. And then as they grow, they'll understand themselves better. They'll understand each other better. They'll love each other, have compassion for each other. Mm -hmm. And the real goal is to heal the world through children so that as these children grow, they'll want to help heal each other as, as adults, right? And so we have a good time. I have uh, a talking avocado in my garden. His name is Avi. He's my best friend. Oh, yes. Friend. Okay. Yes. He's the best friend. I have a wind chime. Her name is Breezy. Every time she chimes, that means it's, it's time to go on to the next adventure. Mm -hmm. The adventure always starts in the garden with my question of the day. <laughs> Exactly. Black Black is letting us know the question. Black, he loves the show. <laughs> and so, like in the first episode, it's all about how things grow. And so we go on an adventure about you know trying to figure out how do things grow. Yeah. So then we go into uh, when we go into our imagination room. 
that's where I, I turn into a cartoon because when you use your imagination and you can turn it to anything you like, right? And then yes. we, we ask our question there. Then we go into the lab and I have a special guest and they teach us things to help us answer the question. Then we go into craft time where I have two amazing children come and visit me at Tab's house. And we make a craft that's also about at, you know answering our question. Then we go to snack time, which you know is Miss Tab's favorite. Okay. Yes. A delicious, healthy snack, always made of fruits and veggies that teaches us also the answer to our so question. Great. And then we end our day uh, at story time where we recap what we learned. And uh, yeah, and we close it out. And we oh, I love it. Um, so How many episodes do you guys have? 10 episodes. 10 episodes. And are they all out already for everybody to see? No. So right now it's just the second episode. But okay. Every Wednesday. Okay. So the next one will be this Wednesday will be the third episode. And it's all about family and how our families can be different. Oh, fantastic. So that's on YouTube Originals, everybody. Uh, it's called Tab Time. Make sure you check it out. I know you cook from the spirit. Any plans for a full-length cooking from the spirit cookbook? Absolutely, honey. And, yes. that is, and that's the name of it, Cooking from the Spirit. <laughs> Coming in That's great. That's great. Well, anything else you want to tell us about that you're up to? Anything else you can share? Don't forget about her. Donna'srecipe.com. <laughs> you know she has her own product, honey. She sure does. Oh, I watched some great videos on that Instagram today. Some great stuff over at Donna's <laughs> Recipe. Well, tell everyone where they can find you on social media if they're not there already. Where can everyone find you? Absolutely on all social media. I am Tabitha Brown, and then YouTube Tabitha Brown. That's great. Everyone go get a copy of Tabitha's number one New York Times bestselling book, Feeding the Soul. Everywhere books are sold. It's the perfect read to start your new year off right. This book's tone is cast by an overall theme of unconditional love and acceptance, and you are enough. Loving ourselves to the fullest, truest, authentic selves in order to love others, surrounding ourselves with people that lift us up. And honestly, my takeaway is a bottom line of treating others truly and deeply treating others the way we would want to be treated by coming from a place of empathy and compassion. I thank you for making me feel seen, loved, and heard, Tabitha. I'm so grateful for you and the time I got with you tonight. I appreciate you. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me, honey. And thank you for seeing me. I appreciate you. Honey, until next time, y'all going about y'all business, okay? Have the most amazing day. But even if you can't have a good one, don't you dare go messing up nobody else's him. Very good. I love you and thank you again. <laughs> well, there you have it. She is America's mom. And yes. I mean, I think we could all wish Tabitha to be our mom. She's just talking with her as a big, warm hug. 100%. Ugh. Like, it's this book is in her voice. Well, you, I listened you to listen the to audio, yeah. so literally it was in her voice. But yeah. like, even reading the pages, like... uh She's just, it's coming from such a pure experience. Mm -hmm. Like this is all from her yeah. lived experience. And, and I love seeing, learning more about her of, of how she got to where she is. And, you know, it's just all from experience. Well, I love and it. all from just a place of love. That's yeah. what I mm -hmm. love about this woman. And uh. when she finally sort of got her voice and got on a platform, she was like, I'm just going to show the world that it's okay to love each other. And I'm going to love and it everyone. it should really be that and simple. It's so beautiful. It really should be that I, I simple. I really love that. And at the end of the interview, when I said, thank you for making me feel seen in her, and she was like, and thank you for seeing and hearing me, I was like, well, how precious is that to say that to me? Like, yeah. she was so kind and generous with her time to be on, and then, you know, to make me feel all warm and fuzzy with that. It was just 
Lovely. And I want to mention about these recipes. While it is a cook from the spirit style uh, without specific measurements, there is still a nice tone of guidance in these on the pages that really helps home cooks fill out their ingredients and toss toss stuff together with ease. Yeah, I, the you made the tuna melt, mm-hmm. which is delicious, and the peach biscuits mm-hmm. you made from here. Um, but speaking of making things, uh-huh. what's the Dustin's dish? Uh-huh. Easy peasy. In yeah, the theme of cooking with the spirit, I want to talk to you about leftover rice, David. Ooh, please. please yes. Do. There's nothing I love more than sauteing up some onions, garlic, and vegetables. And we usually have like some rice in the fridge or we have some sure. quinoa in the fridge. Mm-hmm. So I guess this goes for any sort of grain you have laying around. But I saw saute some vegetables, some garlic and uh, onion, and I mix that with leftover rice. And then maybe I put in some like chili garlic sauce and tamari and then if i have tofu on hand i'll toss that in with some kalanamic which is actually uh, also known as himalayan black salt it's actually pink in color everybody um and it has this sort of sulfuric taste to it it's perfect to add to vegan scrambles and maybe a fried li- fried rice like this uh with tofu just to get that sulfuric eggy taste if that's sort of something you have a hankering for it really elevates scrambles but that's sort of my dustin's dishes like don't it, it's in the line of cooking with a spirit don't be afraid to like if you've got something in your refrigerator that seems plain you can jazz some stuff up just with some spices you have on hand and stuff that you love and, and just try a little bit of this a little bit of that taste exactly. it see how it is and, and then... that's sort of how you grow your you know your profile on flavors and how you like to cook and foods that you enjoy another way i love to use leftover rice is to saute some vegetables add the rice to it and then i'll add some either like vegan sour cream or some cashew cream and it makes it creamy like a risotto so it's a nice way to sort of revive some plain grains that you might have sitting around or even cauliflower rice for that matter but serve that up top with some vegan parmesan and some crushed red pepper flakes super quick and satisfying and so that's tasty. a great tip because like you either if you have takeout more than likely you're probably not having all the rice so you always end right. up with extra rice I didn't even That's think about perfect. that. That was yeah. I was more thinking about the rice because we've always got some on hand. But like, how many times have we had Chinese food and then there's like that that tiny that, that little poor, bit of rice sad little there. bit of rice just so sitting in yummy. there, and sometimes you, it gets in the goes in the trash because it's like well, too it gets long, all crusty it gets all and hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Do you have anything when it comes to cooking from the spirit that you toss together, babe? Um, I mean, I really like starting really anything with oil and garlic. Like, you know, just a minced garlic and just, I just love that smell so much. That's like my go-to well uh jika oi when she was on she was like i just like to saw up saute up some garlic and put it with the rice and i was like oh that's just her saying garlic and rice and oil i was like that sounds so delicious right now and probably i sauteed onions like where they're like really caramelized like sure bring it to me yes yes that's my spirit yes that's my spirit animal well all right friends i hate to bring this to a close because what a very special episode of keep on cooking uh we're so grateful for you joining us today an extra special thanks once again to our darling tabitha brown she's amazing uh please tell everyone you know about the podcast uh we love sharing all of these vegan cookbooks with you and these authors and kind of uh giving more background into to their lives uh and their books uh if you don't mind sharing this episode today and rating reviewing and subscribing to keep on cooking we'd be so grateful and don't forget to follow uh at keep on cooking pod on both twitter and facebook that's right we will be back next week with a brand new episode featuring another new york times bestseller that's Ooh, who we are now david double double that's what we're doing over here double at the keep on cooking pod yeah it's robert cheek he's gonna be here talking about his book the plant-based 
athlete. Until then, keep on cooking and remember, it's nice to be nice. This has been a Muzzy Cat production. <laughs>